Ah, uh, um, so how much is that? Welcome to the Podcast Editor's Mastermind, the podcast for podcast editors and professional podcast service providers that want to focus on the business side of podcast editing and providing that service to your clients. Today, we've got a topic that we think is going to be really valuable because it's something that we've struggled with from time to time. And it's all about making sure that as you're editing, you don't allow the editing to take over your life, that you have a business and a life and a family, and you don't look back 20 years from now and have your kids or your cats hate you forever because you didn't spend any time with them. Before we get to that, though, we are going to take just a second and introduce ourselves. I'm Brian Entzbinger. You can find me at toptieraudio.com. And to my side is... I'm Carrie Caulfield. Eric, you can find me at yayapodcasting.com or on Instagram at Carrie Eric. And I am Daniel Abendroth, and you can find me at rothmedia.audio. And like the thing says uh, on the screen, we are talking about time management tonight. I would like to mention that there are only three of us tonight. As we shared on the last episode, Jennifer's had to take a step back right now. And so if you are interested in being a guest co-host for this show, we would love to talk to you about that opportunity. You can go to podcasteditorsmastermind.com slash be a guest, fill out that magical form. And assuming that the thing doesn't go to Daniel's spam email, then we'll get back to you and see if we can get you on the show. So this week's topic is one that actually came up as we were talking on the last episode, as we were recording we were talking about some of the challenges and one of the things was around imposter syndrome and feeling like you maybe always have to be working so that you can in quotes kind of crush it, but then not having a healthy life. And so we had a little bit of an interesting discussion. We think this is something that a lot of people struggle with. We're wondering maybe if this will be valuable to you as well. So I think as we kick this off, I think Daniel, you were the one that shared in the last episode first about like how imposter syndrome has you kind of wondering about this and um, like some of the struggles that you have. Do you mind taking just a minute to kind of talk about what you'd shared before? I don't even remember what I shared before. Uh, <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yeah. So um, but a lot of the time, like you see other people like doing things like they're releasing courses or you see them active on social media. And then it's like I look back and it's like, I'm not doing anything. Or it feels that way, at least. Um, like, I'm just fo so focused on, like, doing the business. But then I'm not doing things. So one of my goals is to, like, build the business, but also build my brand. So I'm seen as, like, an authority in the podcasting space, as well as the authority on using Reaper for podcast editing. But a part of that is, like, being active on social media. And I'm just not doing that. And so it just feels like I'm missing out as I watch other people like just completely kill it, at least on the outside on social media. Whereas like I'm over here just like looking at my Instagram that I haven't posted in like two years and just feeling guilty about that. So <laughs> that's why that's why I don't share my Instagram handle because there's nothing there. Well, so to me, what it sounds like you're saying is that aside from all the client work, there are all these other like marketing tasks mm -hmm. that you feel like you need to be doing to build your reputation, build your standing. And then these kind of networking things mm -hmm. and, you know, parallel products that you want to create. Yeah. Or like I'll be scrolling through Facebook other... and I'll see an ad of somebody that's promoting like their podcast editing service or whatever. It's like, Oh, why am I not doing that? Oh yeah. I, I know exactly that feeling gets me all the time and I have to, it's really hard because I have to take a step back and be like, it's okay. But I also want to just hide when I, <laughs> I'm like, I'm not kidding. Like it makes me want to go away and hide and not look at anything and not interact with anybody because really you see, I see people doing all this cool stuff all the time and I'm like, why am I not doing that? And I, you know, so I can totally relate to that. And it's, mm -hmm. it's a challenge. And like what I, one thing I've done to like kind of deal with it, but like one, like I don't need to compete with them because like my business is doing well, just doing what I'm doing. So like, I don't need to be active on social media to find clients. Like I don't need to do these other things because like I'm doing fine without them. And if like, I don't get 
joy out of it and it's a struggle, then like, is it really serving me? Like, I don't like posting on Instagram because like, it's not really my strong suit. So like, I could force myself to do it, but then it's just like a chore. And now like, I'm very resistant to everything. And I think part of this maybe goes back to the the thing that a lot of people don't talk about, the difference between being an employee or working for someone versus having your own business. Because if you work for someone, there's sort of an understanding that there's a certain amount of work for a certain amount of pay. And of course, your job is to get the job done with the resources that you have. But at the end of the day, if you know, you have to decide along with the person that you work for, you report to, hey, this is what I can get done. And so these are the expectations to to be met. So for example, for my day job, I have a certain amount of work that I'm expected to accomplish. And we stay in con- in conversation about how I'm progressing against that. But there's there's no guardrails as an entrepreneur that say 40 hours or 50 hours or 60 hours and you're done. And on the one hand, that's sort of true in the sense that you'll probably always be thinking about and working on your business in your head, even if you're not like sitting at a computer doing stuff. But if you'll let it, it will take over your life. And it'll be, instead of having a business, the business will have you. And I think that's something that I've I've noticed and I try to be careful about as I'm balancing work and family and also owning a business. And for me, it's it's a real challenge. I know that I've for some time, for some times, I've occasionally, (laughs) maybe often gotten it wrong. So like early on a Saturday morning, the kids are up and I've got a deadline that I want to get done. And I'll have, you know, one of the kids will come in and want to talk to me and I'll be like, Hey, we can talk for a minute, but I need to get this done. And like, what dad, why are you always working? And I don't want to model an unhealthy lifestyle for my kids. But at the same time, there is a reality there's an, that there's an amount of work that needs to be done with what I'm doing. And I've, I've got some strategies that I apply and we'll probably talk about those later, but I'm wondering like, do, do you guys have similar experiences as well? Like wh- how, do, what does it look like? Oh, oh, a- absolutely. I, I'm, that's one of the, my son's big complaints. And he said that tonight to me, like you're always working and, I really do try to like keep that balance. Part of it is I really enjoy what I do. So like yeah. a lot of times I'm doing things and it doesn't feel like work. And that may be part of what you're saying. Like, does the business have you or do you have the business? But also I have to stop and remember to spend time with my family, like make, and not just any time, but like quality time. So I've really been trying to put on those guardrails and it, it's been a challenge, but like my, my husband even has said it to me. I mean, we had a whole thing, um, the other month, <laughs> you know, full disclosure about how mm-hmm. I was always working. And, and sometimes that's hard. Cause what, what are you going to do? I mean, ultimately the job, you're the right. boss, right? And stuff needs to get done. And if, and you know, even if you have a team or whatever, just, Things have to get done and they have to get done in a timely manner. So sometimes you do need to work like a 16 hour day and you can't help it. Sometimes that kind of dog piles on each other, you know, and I have been finding this a challenge and I kind of like have this dream of not being an entrepreneur. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's because I go, th- when I go through these periods where I am working long hours, it's, it's like, wouldn't it be nice to not have all the responsibility? Right. Wouldn't it be nice to be able to like leave work at work? So, you know, that is something that I've kind of been, I don't know if it's struggling is the right word, but I feel like that's kind of where I am in my business right now. Like I'm trying to put all these things in place so I don't have to work as much, but that's also time consuming. So it's, it is, it's a a juggling act act. And I wouldn't say work-life balance. I would just say constant (laughs) Brittany Felix yeah. Who introduced me to this like constant mm-hmm. course correction. So have you ever found yourself in a position where you had what looked like a great opportunity, but you just didn't have the time resources to pursue it and you had to turn it down? Oh, all the time. Like, I, I mean, what about, I always say, I've said for the past like three years, oh, no new work. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't right. want any more, any more clients. I don't do any more work. And I kind of, you know, had to deal with this recently i had to ask myself with with this new project like do i have the bandwidth to do this and i really had to consider it and and my 
you know, I wanted to do it so much that I was like, well, if, if it becomes a bandwidth issue, then I will fire somebody, right? <laughs> I will fire a client to do it because I do want my, my own time. I want to be able to, you know, for right. my own health and, and my family. It's tough. How about you, Daniel? Have you ever had to turn something down? Um, I don't think I've had turned down a concrete like offer mm-hmm. or anything. But just more like the idea, like oh, yeah. I was wanting to do the Reaper course and that ended up being like I was getting everything prepared. And it's just like the idea of recording like 50 videos. Yeah. It's just and like, then you got to wow. edit them, too. <laughs> <laughs> or yeah. pay somebody to do it. Yeah. yeah. And like come up with the text to go along with it and like the titles. And it's just a lot of time there. And then, then there's just like the opportunities I think I need to do, like being active on mm-hmm. Instagram and coming up Facebook ads, like other things like that to where like, I really don't need to, but like the gurus tell you, you do. So you feel like you need to, does that make sense? Oh yeah. Especially if they have a course for $27 to get you started on. Oh goodness gracious. Exactly. Yeah. There's- Wait, I'm sorry, 47, it's 2021. <laughs> yeah. And that, so that's another piece of the pie I think that we're talking about is because there's like work life and, and, you know, family life. And then there's also this kind of like continuing your education life. Yeah. Because there's always something to learn in what we do. Like we, like any entrepreneur, uh, most of us didn't go to business school, right? We're learning this on the fly and there's a lot of stuff especially in our work that you can't necessarily go take a course on either. So it's a lot of like, you know, having to research and having to ask people and figure it out on your own. But like, yeah, like that, you know, like, do I need a Facebook ad course? Right. Do I need to take one? Or, you know, I just invested in, in a year's worth of podcasting education, really helpful, but it was really, I mean, I, I did turn down work during that time and I, it was a challenge to get it all done. It really was. So, so do you have like a, a structure that you look at to say, okay, you know, a certain amount of my time, let's say 10%, I'm making up a number, goes to continuing education and then the rest goes to something else? Like how, how do you? No, the- that's, <laughs> I'm not that organized, Brian. Well, um, I, I'm, I'm not either. I'm working on it. That's why I'm asking. Like this is, this is as much learning for me right. as anybody else. You know, something that I I started therapy and one of the things that, <laughs> um, to address, like I actually went to see a therapist to help address with these like problems that come up in entrepreneurship, like conflict that creates with family and the um, work-life balance thing. Because it, it is a, it is that much of a challenge, right? And it, I don't want it, I'm getting older. So like my health is very important. One of the things that I realized, and I kind of knew this in the back of my head, is that I just, I'm very, like, spur of the moment. I just be like, oh, this is really cool, and here's the opportunity, and I'm going to do it, right? I don't necessarily think it all the way through, and how much time it's going to take, and and what that's going to look like. And then I always underestimate how how much time. (laughs) I'm not, like, good at time. Well, I mean, you're the only person that never estimates time right, correct? Uh, oh wait, no, that's me too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, it is definitely a challenge. Like, I know for me, so like having clear structure has been helpful. I haven't done that per se, but one thing that we've have done is so like Michelle is my wife slash business partner. We run the company together, but I'm more involved in the finances of the company. And she wants to be more, at least aware of what's going on. She doesn't want to be in the dark. And so we've set aside time every week to have a financial meeting. And we're going to be treating it just the same as if this was a meeting with a client, just as important. We have it booked, like have a recurring um, thing in my schedule. So that way nobody can book that time. It, it's just it's just as a point as a client. So that way, like we are committed to having this meeting every week. And the same thing. One thing I used to do that I've fallen out of is like I know um, my client work has a deadline, and so I know I'm going to do that no matter what. So I can afford to like push that off later in the day, 
and focus like earlier in the day to other things. So like one thing I tried to do a while back was like the morning time, like the first couple hours was on reading like certain emails that helped me with my business or like just focusing on the business in the morning and then doing client work later on. So can we talk about this a little bit? Because this is something I've been thinking about. And that is when am I the most productive? And what should I be working on at that time? I mean, you said, Daniel, that you can push editing, you know, to later in the day. Well, I can't. Like, if I wake up early, Mm. I can get a lot of stuff done before, like, you know, from like nine to two, I can take care of all the all the client work and and I, I edit faster. I have less interruptions. Like, I think that's something really important that you should pay attention to is Mm -hmm. like, when are you most productive? What do you want to spend doing during that time? When are the least interruptions? Cause like afternoon till evening, you know, especially with a family, (laughs) you know, Brian, you know, (laughs) no idea. Never heard of it. (laughs) Um, It's just so much easier to when things are quiet and you're focused to, you know, because you know, I, I am, been talking about this with my family is that, Hey, when you interrupt me, it takes me about 30 minutes for me to get back onto a task as well. So, you know, that is one thing I have been trying to pay attention to. So one of the things that you guys have talked about, I think is something that we probably need to bring up because as a podcast service provider, there's a tendency to think that what I do is edit, right? But that's only one out of five or six big things that you do in your business, right? So there's current client client work. There's the potential to build something for the future, coursework or things that could be recurring uh, giveaways. There's business development. There's general administration. And ideally, then there's that ongoing learning, right? So for me, because I've got roughly call it 15-ish, maybe 20 hours a week. That's my work week for business because I've got morning and night, work day in the middle, and then some time on on Saturdays, try and take the full day off on Sunday, spend time with family, try and keep the at least some semblance of balance. And so for me, I tend to focus almost entirely on those immediate client deadlines, the things that are generating revenue today. And the things that I fail on are largely the things that generate revenue tomorrow or continue to upskill me. So as an example, I bought a couple of courses at the beginning of the year, one of them on podcast management, one on filling your pipeline, your sales pipeline, that kind of stuff. When the client work started coming back about March, April, all of that personal development stuff fell off. It's not that I don't care, but I'm out of hours to do that. And I I find that I try to put too much stuff on my plate. Um, And and I would encourage those of you that are listening, if you're thinking that the only thing you do is client work and you're going, well, I can do 20 hours of client work a week, that's great. But if you've only got 20 hours a week, uh, do better than I did. Figure out how to fit those other pieces in there as well and allocate your time between those four or five or six big buckets of things to to do that better than I am. Because frankly, if, if you do business development better than I do, Unless you really suck as an editor, you're going to pass me. It's going to happen because <laughs> business development is what grows your business. And that's one of the things I'm not doing. Yeah. And, and I am currently in the process of setting up like all the automation, redoing my website completely. And it is a time investment up front. And I just like I said to my stepdaughter today, I was like, please, the next time it's tax season, don't tell me not to do this. Because <laughs> having an I guess having an awareness and, you know, being aware of how much time you have and actually sitting down with a calendar, I think, in hindsight, I think would be helpful for me. And and Last year, I was much better at this. This year, I've kind of fallen off the wagon. But I used to sit down in the, you know, every morning, every Monday morning and kind of plan out my week and then try to be, I was tried to be more realistic about it. And so I have been (laughs) failing at that lately. I was going to ask how that's going for you. (laughs) Oh, total, total fail. And I keep telling myself it's because I don't, I ran, my notebook ran out of pages. 
and I can't find another pretty notebook to do it in, but I think that's BS. Um, <laughs> As Daniel rolls his eyes. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what is what is preventing me from doing it, but yeah, I, I really do need to get back to doing that because, uh, you know, that I found really helpful. So. so two thoughts have popped up. One kind of talking about, kind of, I think a little bit what you were talking about, Carrie, is like, properly estimating how long something takes and so what something i used to do is i well show you so if you are watching the audio i'll i'll put a picture in the show notes so you can see what i'm talking about but this is kind of how i used to schedule my day so this is like a seven week planner and on one side would be like my to-do list and i would estimate how long each task would take me and on the right side I would actually document what I actually did in that time frame. And so if I think this show is going to take me an hour and that's what I budget for, but ends up taking me an hour and a half, I know next time, like make sure to give myself more time when I'm planning my day out. So I found that to be quite helpful. Do you still do that? I don't. Is that because you have now have a better idea of how much time things take? I think so. I not necessarily like I know this show is going to take me 30 minutes. I know this show It's pretty much like the, on Wednesday, I edit these shows and on Thursday, I edit these shows in order to keep up with my deadline schedule. That's kind of how I do it. So wait, um, I use an- I have I, so it's just on this thread, like mm-hmm. when your clients, though, because they are the unpredictable thing in the business. <laughs> yes. And not every client is going to be consistent. So what do you do when they're mm-hmm. like, like I had a client who's sick this week and it's like, Oh, I can't get to the episode till tomorrow. So how do you deal with that? If you had scheduled to do it on like Wednesday and tomorrow's Friday. Um, so at least for this is true for me, my, the clients that are inconsistent are very consistent <laughs> about it. <laughs> I know which clients are the ones. And for some reason, there's one day like the my clients that release on Thursdays seem to be the ones that struggle the most. I don't know why it's that particular day, but I know which clients are the ones that's going to be struggling. So I know like they release on Thursday, then I can schedule like Wednesday. Like I set aside set time aside Wednesday for their show. And if they don't get it to me in time, then like. If they get it to me like late, it's like, well, I can't do it this day. Thursday is when I'll get to it to release on Friday. Ah, so the comment from C. Mojica Mercado. I'm sorry if I butchered that. Ha ha. Clients are the unpredictable thing, Carrie. Yes. And so I know I can set aside time Wednesday. And if they don't get it to me, now I have free time on Wednesday. And I don't have any clients that release Friday, Saturday or Sunday. So like, I don't have any major deadlines on Thursday. So my Thursdays are pretty free i think so it's just kind of like working into the schedule based on their inconsistency I, I think the hack that i use is i commit to seven day turnaround but i can do much better than that right and so if things come in all at the same time i may have to prioritize things so if i had say three different clients all drop on the same day and ask for a short t- turnaround time in that instance i might have to say sorry i can't do it all but in general if somebody's a, if I need to be a little bit flexible, I have that built in, and then that's something that I can offer them and say, "Hey, you know, I could I could go ahead and do this," um, because, I mean, assuming that it's not a a terrible interview with like five people on it, right? I can <laughs> Which generally sometimes ch- it is. <laughs> well, I, I don't know that I've ever had five, four probably. Yeah, but th- those kinds of things I can do, and the other thing that I do. And I was talking to somebody this week because I feel like there's a way that we should be able to reverse engineer this and make it predictive. But I track for every episode that I edit, I track how what was the duration of the raw audio, how many participants were there, and how long did it take me to do the various parts of the editing so that if I get a single track from one person where it's a monologue and it's 30 minutes. I know that that might take me an hour, hour and 15 minutes. If I get a monologue from another person who's not quite as well spoken, that might take an hour and a half to two hours uh, to process. So it just, I, I do that kind of thing. And 
in my mind, I think there's got to be a way to turn this into somewhat predictive math to say, you know, this client typically takes this long for this duration of audio. How long do these think that seem like they would take? I just haven't figured out how to do that yet. Why am I not surprised that you tracked all um, that? Because much, I'm a nerd. <laughs> and how much time does that actually take you to enter that in? Because I do it while it's mixing down. Right. So, oh. so I use a time tracker that's built into my project management tool. So when I go to editing, I just hit the timer and say, I'm editing. And when I finish editing, then the timer is done. When I move on to mix and master, then, or to, to mastering, then I just put that stuff in the spreadsheet. And the only thing that's left when I'm done is to track what was the final length of the audio? When did I finally deliver the thing? And how long did it take for the mastering? So in general, it doesn't take that much more time. It, it takes more time to zip and archive the files than it does to track the, the administrative portion. But what happens when you get interrupted? I kill people. No. <laughs> well, so this is where I generally have an advantage over you because I edit between 6 and 7 a.m. when the kids are getting ready for school. And I edit typically between 8.30 and 10.30 at night when the kids are supposed to be in bed. And generally, I don't have a lot of interruptions. And if I do, I just pause the timer. What, are you using like a an actual so, timer? I use ClickUp for tax, task management. Okay. And it has a built-in timer if you pay for the, the paid version, which I do. And so I just start the timer on the task that I'm working on. And then when I'm done, I just drop the little, I drop the, the time information into a Google Sheet. So you, you want to, so, so let's go with the Tim Ferriss thing, right? If there's something that needs to happen, eliminate what doesn't need to happen, automate what you can, delegate what's not important for you to do, and then you only do the rest, right? So for clients, I have as much set up to automate through Zapier or whatever. So I have a client that uses Trello. As soon as she drops a card on the the thing that says this is for Brian to do, it creates a task for me in Clip, ClickUp and it creates a record for me in Google Sheets. And so then between those two, I can use ClickUp to track the stuff and then Google Sheets is where I then uh, archive the information. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. But speaking of time management and, and things that need to be done, I think that you should release like uh, or sell all these spreadsheets you talk about <laughs> because I couldn't even begin to imagine how to make them. Yeah. I mean, sadly, it's nothing special, but um, <laughs> maybe. It, I think it's very special. Okay. I am not... It's not special to you because you take yes. that knowledge for granted. You are we we, we are uh, not spreadsheet gifted like you are. Yeah. And then Kareem says I stopped using ClickUp because of the unbearable starting loading times that happen randomly. Which huh. okay, but let's talk about that for a second because I mean he's talking about ClickUp in this particular instance, but yeah, what are those productivity like time management killers? Right. So I'm thinking like when I was dealing with the latest Windows update, right? Oh, it was absolutely horrible because my sound would go out every every five minutes or every time I put a, a plug in in audition. So I think probably the worst time management killer for me is when a client decides they want to reorder their episodes. Oh. So they want to insert something in. So I have a client who's typically a couple of months ahead. And every once in a while, he'll want to drop an, an episode mid-cycle, right? So it's, it's not just it's not necessarily change the dates, although it could be, but it's also like re reordering everything. And because I have tracking in ClickUp and tracking in Google Sheets, and then I also have the project folders on my computer, I have to go back through and make sure that everything is renamed properly or there's about a 100% chance I'll be editing the wrong thing at the wrong time, right? Because the... I set the system up so that as long as I do a little bit of management of the system, the system can manage me. So I know that I'm on episode 52 because that's what ClickUp says. So I go to folder for episode number 52. All the files are there and ready to go because they've just been sitting there hanging out waiting for me to work on them. If I don't keep that stuff aligned, I mean, that's like easy 30 to 45 minutes to reorder stuff and make sure that it all stays in order. And that's, that's where my system breaks down right, is when when something's yeah. in there and it has to be updated. And I don't have a fix for that because it's not all synced. There's, I don't know of a way to 
update a task in ClickUp and have it update a specific record in Google Sheets because there's nothing in Zapier or any other tool that says, this is the one you need to monkey with, right? It can create a new one, (laughs) but it doesn't know what to do with the other stuff. Right. Yeah. What about you, Daniel? It used to be the interruptions. So my wife and I worked together, like I mentioned earlier, and if she had a question about something, about a client or whatever, she would just like ask me. And like you were saying earlier, Carrie, whenever you get those interruptions, that's like 30 minutes to get back on track. So we actually, it, it's the most ridiculous thing, but we started using Slack together. <laughs> so like, like uh, this is my desk. She's literally three feet over there. We just high five. <laughs> and we'll be slacking each other back and forth. That way she can send me, ask me the questions and I can get to it whenever I have the time to devote to I really it. like that. I, I, my husband does, you know, he mm-hmm. helps me, but he doesn't do well with new technology. Um, and I, cause I tried Slack and that's kind of what I was hoping for, but that didn't quite work out that way. So, mm. you know, kudos to you. Yeah. And the other thing for me is burnout. Oh. So like I don't have kids and I work with my wife. So there's, the work-life balance like doesn't exist because I don't really have a, sec- a separate life outside of work <laughs> because my family is part of my work. And so it's easy for me to just get sucked into work all day, every day, and not take time for like, just for myself. So that's for me, it's like in the middle of the day, it's just like, I get caught up like watching a video or doing something else because like, I just can't like mentally focus on the task at hand. Yeah, and I think that's important, right? To plan in some kind of breaks. If you if you worked in an office or on a production line, there are built-in breaks because you you mm-hmm. can't focus for eight hours straight on the same thing. Like, if, say you worked at a bomb factory, right? Like the worst <laughs> idea is to have somebody working twelve hour four twelves at a bomb factory and not having a break because somebody's going to die, right? <laughs> or You're going to lose focus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thankfully, it's nothing that critical for us, but yeah, it's a, it's a big deal. I'm not super consistent about it, but I try very hard to make sure I take off every Friday. Like no work, no nothing. I just do what I want to do. Yeah, that I, even though I'm not so well organized, I will plan if I know that um, a client's going to be late or something is going to need to be done on the weekend, then I'll take a weekday off, right? Like today, I did a couple hours of work and then, you know, played Call of, Call of Duty because that's my new thing. Oh, is it? And, and then I showed up here, right? <laughs> nice. <laughs> because I know that there are things I'm going to need to be doing on Saturday. And I have like coaching on, I, you know, I do coaching on the weekends and, you know, so I make sure that I have that time because that avoids, if you work seven days a week for like, I don't know, seven days or yeah. 14 days, you're just going to hate your job. You're going to hate what you do and you're just going to want to hide from it right because and and that doesn't help you make money it doesn't help you feel good about anything so it doesn't help your health so i think that burnout thing is really important to like and taking breaks yeah to make sure that you have um some self-care going on not even just with your family but with yourself right get out go take a walk go outside see the flowers go outside and that was the (laughs) position i was in was like Seven days a week for yeah. months and being self-employed, you know, I set my own schedule so I can take like if I want to take a three hour lunch and just kind of like, chill and watch YouTube for a while like I can. So I was kind of getting through by just taking like little bits of time throughout the day and like late at night, I would do my own thing. But yeah, I can only do, do that. Do you ever feel so guilty long. about taking breaks, though? I'm curious if you guys. Absolutely. I Taking an entire day off. Preposterous. Is yeah. very painful. Yeah. <laughs> because like, and like I was strategic about it. So like I take Fridays off because no shows of mine release on Friday. So I don't have to worry about like checking, make sure everything released correctly. I don't have any issues that way. And nothing happens on Saturday and Sunday. So I don't have to worry about like, I'm not struggling to meet a deadline. So Friday is like the perfect day to take off. But even still, it's like, I'm doing this thing for myself, but I could be working ahead on these shows that are coming out next week. I could be 
fixing issues on my website. I could be doing this, this, and this. Like, it's really hard. And especially whenever, like, emails don't stop just because you take a day I, I, off. But so, okay, but that's another <laughs> great question because those boundaries, mm-hmm. what I find is, like, I am not wanting, when I'm, like, taking time off, I do not want my phone near me, right? That's not great for, like, my family. Uh <laughs> <laughs> because I don't get their like messages or phone calls, but because I I see those emails coming in, the notifications, and God, I don't know how to use my iPhone very well. I'm going to need somebody to teach me. <laughs> uh, but I get I it just it, I get like sucked back in so easily. Mm-hmm. So what do y'all do for that? I, I mean, one thing that gets me in trouble is my phone spends about a about ninety nine point seven percent of its time in on vibrate. And not always near me. And that gets me in trouble when my wife texts me and I don't answer because I didn't hear it vibrate. But also, And then also, I've turned off a lot of the notifications that would normally interrupt you. So I don't get email notifications on my phone. I don't get Facebook Messenger notifications on my phone. I get some of the normal annoyances that come through because it, like some of the apps won't let you turn one thing off. You have to turn the whole thing off. And so because of one value added haptic i have to leave all the crap on thank you twitter but <laughs> but that stuff notwithstanding that's one thing is i just i leave it on vibrate and then if i really need to focus i may put it in do not disturb mode i don't really like the whole power it off power it back up thing that for me is just a pain in the can uh, i don't know what what about you daniel um i don't know if this is the right answer but i've just because sometimes there are fires to put out on my day off and I do want to like still be connected. So if like a client comes back saying like, Hey, there's an issue with this episode. Part of my customer service or like the value I offer to my clients is like being able to take care of those things. So I do keep my phone and keep my emails, but I feel like I've gotten you better. Have, What's that? You have a VA, right? I do. Okay. But she doesn't handle that kind of thing. I haven't gotten to the point where I can trust a third party with the login credentials to my clients, like sure. media hosts. So I still take care of all that. I guess I was thinking like, if you could have your VA as is male or female, I don't know. Female. Okay. It's her. I just <laughs> wanted to use the right pronoun. Um, so if, if she could take those communications and pass on to you, the things that are urgent based on like issue with a client's episode, something like that and have her be that contact then maybe you don't have to have your phone available. You could have a way set up for her to contact you if it's critical. Um, the issue with that would be I don't set her hours. Okay. Because she is a contractor, mainly like she works before me in the day. Right. So that way, like she can verify. Um, so she checks like all my episodes. Like I schedule for release in the morning. She listens through and checks, like, make sure I didn't leave a long pause or just any kind of just like a quality a final quality check and she does that before i start my day so that way whenever i get going and then she also goes through my email and like sorts through what's important and what's not so like she works early in the morning and wouldn't yeah. isn't always around later in the day gotcha yeah that, and that's i don't know one thing if, that's and she's not like on call yeah. Well, that's one of the things my husband does is um, he'll check. He gets up. Oh, so early in the morning, earlier than Brian. <laughs> and so he will check the inbox. And if there's something important, he will wake me up and I will deal with it. But Harim says during work, I turn off all phone notifications and only check my email once every two hours or so. And I try to, okay, so I honestly don't know. I've turned my notifications off and I don't know how to make my phone make sound again for any kind of <laughs> alert, except for the alarms. I do not know what I'm doing. Perfect. Yeah. So it's it's always wrong. It's never, you know, a sound when I want it and no sound when I don't want it. Also, I have started, besides my husband checking email, so I will check my email like at the beginning of my day, before lunch, and then at the end of the day. Because it's so distracting because we're mm-hmm. when we're flipping tasks, we're like constantly transitioning from task to tasks as entrepreneur. And it really does take you a while to like shift your focus like that. Like Yeah. And that's that's a yeah. definite hack. So when I when I say I get up and I work from six to seven, I don't have my email open. Right. And it's not 
And and honestly, it's become such a habit now that I don't even think about it. Early on, I had to remember not to do that. But once you get used to it, like it can be really nice to get that first hour-ish in and have that part knocked out. Um, I think one of the things that we're kind of talking around and maybe just haven't said expressly is that as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, it can feel like everybody's in charge of your time. And there's always somebody wanting to sell you something else that you can do for them or that they can help you do for like, there's always another opportunity, but the job, a big part of the job is deciding how big a playing field you want to have and then figuring out how to fit the game onto that field. If that makes sense. I'm using a sport sports analogy because I understand other people understand sports things. So (laughs) (laughs) I'm thinking I'm I'm assuming like, uh, football, either American or European football, the other, the rest of the world's football, the field is a certain size and everybody, every part of the game has to fit on that field or something is called out of bounds. And I think as business owners, it's our job to decide how big our field is. So in my case right now, my field is three hours a day and sometime on Saturday, that's the size of the field. And so everything has to fit on that or something has to go or has to be delegated or like some, something has to go off my plate because my field is only that big. I can't take time for my daytime employer to do my business because not only would they get really upset, but that's kind of a crappy way to treat my oh, employer who's making just this quit. all yeah. possible. <laughs> yeah, just quit. <laughs> that's awesome. Thank you. Uh, football editing. Uh, okay. Daniel, I think you had something you wanted to share, bring up. Yeah, kind of in that vein, it's something you mentioned earlier, Brian, was just, and the thought I had about that is being conscious of what your capacity is and making arrangements beforehand. So like right now, like I'm looking to hire a couple editors because like I've reached my capacity. The problem with that is I'm at my capacity (laughs) and the process of finding contractors (laughs) takes time. Yeah. So there's that struggle. So, and, you know, Carrie mentioned wanting to get her automations in place. And Brian, you have wonderful automations. It's just like having all your systems in place as you're building when you still, before you reach capacity. Cause once you reach capacity, oh, it's so hard. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to find a contractor, trying to build a system that they can fit into all while you're at capacity so just like be aware and make arrangements like before you get to that point yeah and and and, go ahead you know if you are just starting out please you know set this up first or start talking thinking about this first before you start getting all your clients like if you can start at zero and Mm -hmm. and kind of think through these systems and this time management thing because doing it in hindsight and backtracking is tough i mean like hiring contractors you know i said i'm getting my systems in place well i hired somebody to get Mm -hmm. my systems in place and it's even hard to like manage that piece and being able to like check up on the work he's done because everything you know occasionally just gets crazy and i think so this is something that I've done in the past in my work life as well as my business life because I have found myself at capacity and still needing to do more. And in those instances, I feel like there's like three things you – well, four things you can do, right? One is you can just not do something. Another is you can just try and push through. But if you really want to make a change, you either try and find the highest leverage thing to make progress on. So in your case, getting your business systems in place or whatever, or – finding the one thing that'll deliver you a little bit of time every day that doesn't take long to knock out. And my, my recommendation is actually to do the one little thing a day. So maybe you can't automate your entire thing, but there's a portion that you can automate, or there's a portion that you can pass off. Maybe you don't have time to bring in a full VA, but your spouse or a kid or a friend can help you with some portion of that. Get that five or 10 or 15 minutes back a day and use that time to then move on to the next biggest thing. Because what you'll find is that ultimately you can snowball that to where at some point you're able to start tackling those bigger things. But if you've got like, Carrie's got this this thing where she had to hire somebody to come in and set up those systems. If she couldn't hire somebody, this could be a month or a year long thing trying to get that in place all the while she's still floundering, you know, trying to trying to tread water and get all this stuff set up. So like if you can't if you can't bring somebody in, find a way to do something small and get that something small off quickly. 
Yeah, I think the baby steps really do add up. Yes. Um, in in anything you do. So like with Instagram for Daniel, one story a week. <laughs> or you know, I feel like you have Instagram envy because he brought it up a couple times. But <laughs> Daniel and me both, yeah, <laughs> a little yeah. bit. It also doesn't help that we're like we've been in the process of rebranding, and so like it doesn't make sense to like post on Instagram when like everything is going to change at some point, right? Yeah, and then and then it leads back to the kind of the seeing other people do it, and that's the other yeah. thing is is giving yourself some grace because we are juggling mm-hmm. so many things, and everybody has different priorities, mm-hmm. right? I mean, there's some people like they only want like two editing clients, but they want to like do all these courses, right? Or they want to work on some other business type things for, you know, whatever. I don't know what people do. Honestly, I don't (laughs) don't have a lot of time to pay attention these days. Um, But like everybody's priorities, everybody's goals are different. And I think that not comparing yourself and, and just giving yourself some grace to just, you know, if you get overwhelmed, just go watch some Netflix for a little while. It'd be all right. And that's kind of like, what I've learned is like Instagram is not for me. Like Facebook ads are not for me. Like these other things, like they're just not for me. And I don't need to put my hand in everything just because somebody else is doing it. And it's good to let other people shine at, at what they're, yeah. they're great at too. That's, you know, I, you know, sometimes I'm like, I tell myself, thank goodness they're doing that because I don't have time for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We should touch on Kareem's question because I think it just kind of keyed into what you were talking about. Kareem asks, is it easy to transfer your editing style to new subcontracted editors? And I think we've all got, I think at this point, some experience with that. My experience, the subcontracted editor that I've worked with, I started talking to him partly because we had both been through Chris Curran's podcast engineering school. And so I knew that he had a similar foundation in terms of the approach to audio processing. And then the way I talked with him about it was we went through a couple of rounds where I would say, okay, here's what I'm looking for. Send me back and then I'll send you revisions. Right. And so it took a couple passes the first couple of times until he got an understanding because it's really easy to say, I want you to cut 85 to 90% of the ums and leave in the breaths, but shorten the silences, but not too much. Like that starts to get really weird. But as you start doing it and you, and it's not me coming back and saying, I'm sorry, you got this wrong. It's me saying, I probably didn't explain this well, or this is what I meant. And that, you know, you start to develop a feel because it isn't easy to say, this is specifically what I do. What, what about you guys? I would say in a lot of ways, no, it's not easy. Right. Because everybody, you know, unless you are in a situation where you're learning together or you've been trained to do it the same way. I think everybody has a different style. They have a different ear. And there's actually a lot of conversation that has to go on about how you like things done, how your clients like things done, because even that's an added layer because your clients have their own style. And then it is, I think it's just a process, you know, managing people is also time consuming. So there's actually, it does make your life easier in the long, long run, but there is work that goes along with contracting out people. So I wouldn't say it was easy. I'd say it's helpful, but not easy. How about you, Daniel? I would say I haven't actually hired an editor yet. Okay, so that's I can't right. Really. But, but you've yeah. interviewed some people, right? Or at least talked to some people? I've started the process. I've gotten applicants and then I haven't had the time or bandwidth to move forward too much with that. Okay. Well, the, but I, go, go ahead, Carrie. Oh, I just want to add that like when you find those right people, it, it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. Like I trust my, my editors with everything. I know they'll ask questions. I know they'll give good feedback. You know, I know they're going to, you know, get things done, be timely, be dependent. Like, that's amazing where I can just be like, I know Alejandra's, you know, I don't have to worry about this because Alejandra's got it. Right. And I can take the day off because Alejandro and Mike, you know, so yeah, it's absolutely wonderful. Uh, Thank you for (laughs) chiming in, Jennifer, who's saying I'm too busy to keep up, but too lazy to manage other people. <laughs> it is some work. It, it is some work. It is. But that's also a point going back to what your capacity is. Just keep in mind that before you reach your capacity, 
not like hiring an editor is great to take it load off your plate, but you're adding more to your plate while you bring while they go through the onboarding process. Yeah. And I guess I'll kind of recall back to our episode with Brittany Felix. I don't remember which episode number it was, uh, but she talked about like her process of she will like get on a call, like on a video chat or so, I think so. And like edit with her new contractor. Oh, yeah. So the contractor can see her process. That's actually, yeah, I remember that. That's really smart. I yeah. didn't remember that one. That is, that is good. That I, is, I, well, it's Brittany Felix. I think so. she yeah. mentioned it on this show. She, it might have been somewhere else. Like, no, it was, I, I remember, uh, well, I, I'm going to hope it was our show. <laughs> yeah. She, no matter what she's on, she's always dropping gems. So it's hard to keep them all. Yeah. Yeah. We just need to put her in a bottle. Uh, so Kareem says that his experience has been with graphics and illustrations, and he wasn't even able to s- start to subcontract his his own style. And, and I think that's true of any client work. You always got to follow the boss's style, yeah, even when they're wrong. But also keep in mind that there's not one way to do anything. And just because like a subcontractor isn't doing it the same exact way you would do it doesn't mean that it's wrong or inferior. And I would add to that, I think there's a, it's a little bit different with editing somebody else's content as opposed to creating your own, right? So the way I understand graphic design is I'm starting with a maybe a design brief or something, and I've got to create something out of nothing. It's different to to approach the editing portion and say, so if you think about like developing film or something, there are different ways you can develop film, but the photo's already been taken. It's just a matter of drawing out what you want. And I, there is definitely a, a creative process to that, but it's not like trying to create something literally out of nothing. Yeah. And I, I think there's probably a little bit more, can't think of the word grace that goes with that. Right. So it doesn't have to be, it's a little, it's a little bit different in my mind. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. No, no I feel like this whole business requires a lot of grace. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> and a lot of prayers. No, I'm 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 being silly just because I've been, you know, this this episode it's very timely for me because I have been having a lot of time management issues for whatever reasons. I find I'm finding this personally helpful and enlightening. Awesome. So you're coming off of a year of really intense learning. And trying not to take on new business to now building business. And it's a, a challenge to keep everything <laughs> rolling. Yes. Yeah, and I don't know. I, I went to my mother's last week or the week before. And everything had been in the business had been nice and calm and going steady and, you know, even keel. And so I didn't like make a big deal. It's like, I'll just work while I'm there. Every, I swear, every single client, everybody who's ever worked with me in the past sent me an email that week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like the universe was like, oh, she's ready. And um, just went boom. And then I was, you know, started redesigning my systems and all, you know, so much stuff. So yeah, now I'm just like, okay, all right, I'm good. So, I'm good. So, so, so you, I, you bring up a good thought exercise, right? If you think through your typical work week, if you were to try and take some time off, what are the things that would need to continue to have attention or have the probability to break while you're, and maybe this is a topic for a new episode. I don't know. What are the things that have a probability to break or to need attention if you were to take a day or a week or a month off? Because then those become the things that long-term you need to think about, okay, how can I build that out so that it doesn't depend on me? And this again is thinking it like, I want to be the business owner. I'm not saying I don't want to work in the business. I still do. But like if if I was a doctor and I have a practice of one, if I'm out, the whole practice shuts down. Yes. And some doctors are like, <laughs> which is highly inconvenient. <laughs> it is. That is a fabulous um, thought ac- exercise. Yeah. And I, I had never really thought about it before. Definitely somebody simply to watch the email that just, it just has to be done. And then having that, team of editors in case something does come up something needs to be revised i can throw it to them and be like you know oh can you fix this and then having um somebody just inspect for quality so it just makes it easier so things don't come back yeah and then billing right billing takes up a lot of time for me um (laughs) which is not a bad problem (laughs) 
but making sure that the invoices go out in a timely manner. Mm-hmm. And that they're right. And that they're right. Yes, the last thing you want to do is have an incorrect invoice. That is yeah. uh, not fun. In business, there's two things you don't mess with, people's time off and people's money. Those, yeah. those are the things you don't want to mess with. Well, I, I feel like we're getting down to the end, so we should probably hit the pod decks question of the day. Are you guys all right with that? Of course. Okay. <laughs> so for those of you in the chat... We'd like to have your answers as well. If you're listening to the replay, we'd love to have you stop by and give your answer. This is a pod deck that I just chose randomly out of the deck of pod deck. And it's, <laughs> and I'm going to alter it just a tiny bit to make it podcast relevant. What's something about podcasting that people are obsessed with, but you don't, you just don't get the point of. So what's something about podcasting that people are obsessed with that you just don't get the point of. Hmm. And it's a hard one for me because I can like, there are things people are obsessed with that I kind of get the point of, even though I don't think they're valuable. So like ratings and reviews, they're actually not that important, but I kind of like them. So I kind of get it. <laughs> um, I don't know what I'll, I'll ask you guys. What, what are things about podcasting that people are obsessed that you just don't get? The obsession with how long an episode needs to be. Ooh. Yes. Because people like, are really concerned to make sure they have like the right length. And the answer is like, it depends on so many different things. Like, and there is no right answer. Yeah. Kareem said the base. (laughs) And I would, I would kind of agree with that because I feel like everybody wants to be more warm and boomy, but you know what? That's not how it earbuds sound. No, actually I want to be less warm and boomy, especially when I've got nasal things going on like today. (laughs) <laughs> yeah and, and like if i'm competing against you know the wind through my car window too that's going to make you harder to hear i would say money and sponsorships Ooh. and advertising and um you know all those things yeah if you're on episode five you probably don't need to worry about monetizing money yeah or download numbers right i think that kind of goes hand in hand um but yeah, 99% of people don't make money podcasting. Right. So, and they just never will. And if you're, so. you're going to start worrying about sponsorships by episode five, you really need to start worrying about that before episode one, because you need to design your show for that. Um, that that's yeah. my view on that. I will, yeah. I will take the obsession with, if I change podcast hosts, will my downloads increase? That's a weird question. No. Because I've seen people like... <laughs> well, well, that's not entirely true. Oh. If you switch to SoundCloud, chances are your downloads are going to drastically increase. Well, not yes, real your, downloads, your stats will increase. but your numbers will. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Cool. Well, that's, that's, a, that's a fun one. Yeah. We'll go ahead and draw it to a close. For those of you that joined us live, thank you for your comments and for being here. Daniel, do you want to tell everybody how to be a guest? All you got to do is go to podcasteditorsmastermind.com slash be a guest, fill out the form, and then we'll be in touch. We do have a number in the queue right now. So I will, if you have submitted, um, just be patient. We are getting to them. And now that I've realized to look at my spam folder. <laughs> <laughs> so we do. And we actually have some really cool plans coming up with the guests that we have in queue now. So be sure to subscribe and follow the page and do all the things um, because this year is going to be really fun when it comes to the show. Really excited about it. Yeah, we got a lot of cool things yeah. planned, yeah. actually. Carrie, do you want to share a little bit more about sort of high level what we were thinking? Because we we were strategizing last week. Oh, do I want to share? Yeah. No, I, I, I want them to guess. Guess. Um, <laughs> In the chat, guess what we're going to do. <laughs> yeah. No, we are going to focus on things that y'all keep asking about. And one of the things is, how do I get clients? Like, where do I get clients? So we're going to do like a series of of these topics that are going to help you get clients, make money, whatever. I don't, I'm not saying this real well, all of a sudden. I know Daniel wrote the plans down. Maybe he should be, (laughs) did you write the plans down? I was supposed to write them down. Oh, oh no. Okay. So, but we are going to help you get clients. We're going to help you with the marketing piece. We're going to have a uh, seasoned editor on and a new editor on to kind of workshop them through these things too. So yeah. that I'm really looking forward to. Yeah. And 
I've got a couple of ideas that I thought about today that I'll share with the two of you the next time we get together, because nice. I think they might be some really cool ways that we can take this show and and make it even more valuable and to serve people more deeply. So more to come on that, because I haven't talked to the other Yetis, so I'm not going to say anything publicly because <laughs> I'm not yeah. that dumb. <laughs> so Brian is vague podcasting right now, and we apologize for that. I, I heard from Eric K. Johnson that you're supposed to tease the next topic, and while this isn't the next topic, I think we've got some good stuff. Anyway, we'll... We'll let that one go. This has been our discussion about how to balance your life with your podcast production. If you haven't noticed, we've definitely got it all figured out or else we're still figuring it out. And I am Brian Entzminger. You can find me at toptieraudio.com. Beside me is... I'm Carrie Caulfield. Eric, you can find me at yayapodcasting.com or on Instagram at Carrie Eric. I'm Daniel Abendroth, and you can find me at rothmedia.audio. So, and if you're, oh, wait, ahead. I'm going to say one more thing. If you are not a member of our Facebook group, come and join in uh, facebook.com slash group slash podcast editors mastermind. Uh, there have been a lot of great conversations in there, and you'll get the skinny on what's happening. And also subscribe to our newsletter. It's uh, found on our website, podcasteditorsmastermind.com. Yeah. So thanks everybody for being here. We appreciate you in the comments and also look forward to hearing from you more in the group. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Uh, um, so how much is that? Um, 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 um